Welcome to the ARC Experience, featuring the stories of self-advocates with disabilities and their families from around Wisconsin. Be inspired. Take action. And now for today's episode. Welcome to the ARC Experience Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Pugh with the ARC Wisconsin, and today we are talking with Nelsinia Ramos. She is one of Wisconsin's strongest parent leaders. She is a parent of a child with a disability, well, she's actually now an adult, who, who struggled to navigate through the system when her own daughter was little. And then she just made it her own mission to help all families. She started working directly with Latino families and now she really supports all families in the state of Wisconsin through her role at Wisconsin Facets. Nelsinia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Of course. So Nelsinia, you are now the Wisconsin Facets Associate Director. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about what is Wisconsin Facets and what is, the, what is it that you do there? Sure. Yes, Wisconsin Facets has a funding, the funding to provide training and information to families in Wisconsin, to families who have children's special education. So uh, we provide from training and information, dissemination of materials to individual support when parents can call us here and ask questions about IEPs and their rights and special education. Um, we also do some parent leadership programs too, because we want more parents to be able to advocate better for their children and not only that, but for educational uh, systems. So Nelsonia, we were just talking, you and I have known each other for a really long time. And I'm wondering if I couldn't take you back a little bit to those early days and raising your daughter with a disability, kind of what, what was that like? And then what made you decide that you wanted to be in this role of helping other parents? Sure. My daughter got diagnosed about the age of two and a half, I believe. She has autism. And I was one of the few Latino families, actually, that was getting a diagnosed at that early age. I knew that something was different with my child. Uh, it was pretty hard. But then when I started asking more questions and finding out, I, I lived that experience. I wasn't as fluent in speaking English during those times. I was a stay-at-home mom. That was my first child. And my, most of my environment was in the Latino community um, during those times. Do you remember feeling intimidated or afraid or confused? Always, I think, and obviously the language barrier made it hard because I came from a system. I was raised actually in a Latin American country where you don't question um, or you don't advocate much for yourself. Like what the professionals tell you, that's what is supposed to be. But there was something on me that wanted to ask extra questions. So um, Yes, I always feel limited. Then I have to, I felt that I have to learn how to step up and ask the extra question and learn how to navigate the system. Um, that's probably one of the reasons that I noticed how hard it was when you have a language barrier and I start getting this um, emotion or sentiment about helping other parents to navigate the system as well. So yeah, you're touching on what I wanted to ask you is that your own journey kind of that 
confusion or your, you know, being a little bit intimidated, that's really what drove you to say, I think I'd like to work in a place where I can help other families. Definitely. I was passionate about it. And also with the little English that I have during those times, I was able to access few agencies and perhaps I was pretty lucky to stumble with other great advocates that actually show me the way or gave me little pieces of information that allow me to access bigger, bigger services. And, and that's how I started questioning, like, wait a minute, if, if a parent cannot drive this far to go to this agency, how they're going to get the services here? I felt I was the only um, Latino mother in the Latino community that had a child with autism. And then eventually I found out that that was very far from the truth. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And I think you've done such a great job of connecting and supporting Latino families um, and, all, and all families in your role at Wisconsin Facets. Do you see um, Latino families in particular kind of still facing some of the same obstacles that you did um, as a young parent? All the time because of the work that we do here at FASIS. We don't focus on autism anymore. To me, it's all disabilities as a one group, which is amazing. I, I really like that. But I still hear it from parents and is exactly the same issue. It has been 24 years and their stories are very similar to what I have experienced when my daughter was two, three and four years old. How do you think we can do better? I mean, why, why are we facing the same obstacles? You must have ideas on how things can get better. I believe the struggle is about the access and equity because there's a system out there already designed for us parents that don't really fit families of children with special needs. And then you have a child who's newly diagnosed with a disability. You're trying to navigate that in all many of your experiences is that you stumble one services through the other. You feel that nothing is, that you get easy, but you have to fight for it. And that's pretty hard to, to take. So um, then you have the factor that you have a child with special needs, right? That you, you're hoping that things are actually better for them because of, of their needs, that the quality of the services in terms of health and school. And you might have kids that don't have any, any needs per se or typical uh, kids, but then you start seeing that the child that needs more is the child that has the hardest time to access the services they need. So it's a constant battle at times that I think that makes us to be to become advocates for our children. It sounds like it could get pretty exhausting for families. Do you see that too? Definitely. It seems that every step that you are taking, you have to fight for it. And then you start questioning yourself, like, why is this hard? It shouldn't be that hard. I think it's hard because it's a new system and we don't know how to navigate it. But once we kind of know that or somebody show us, we understand and learn that there are other ways in which we can make a difference or access those services and we didn't have to stumble that much. So what, what are some of the biggest lessons you learned as a mom? I'm curious, 
because again, I've known you for a really long time. Like as you raised your daughter, what do you think are some of those things that were like aha moments for you that you try to also then pass along to other families? As a Latino mother and an immigrant, um, something that I learned is that in this country is that we have power. Like we, the more that we participate in, in anything related to your child actually gives you power and you have a voice. So it's about using that voice to bring whatever your child needs. needs. So I, I think that's the biggest thing is like learning that actually your, your input makes a, a big difference in whichever system you're, you are accessing. In this case, for example, here at work, I work more with the educational system. So it's that participation and self-advocacy when parents know that they actually, their input is very important to the IP team and they're expecting that, it's, it makes the difference. So can you walk me through a little bit of what kind of a day in the life in your work at Wisconsin Facets looks like and that of the parent um, professionals who you support, kind of what kind of support are they providing to families? We focus again on the educational advocacy, like IEPs, the parents' rights, um, so parents can participate better or advocate better for their children. In all of the calls, no matter from what, what family background we're receiving here is about issues or questions related to IEP services, things that are not exactly working in school. And they're getting, you know, some of the assistance on brainstorming or learning how to navigate that system itself. So people call here or parents and um, they said, my child is not getting any good programming from school. Um, and then we start asking extra questions. What do you mean about it? Is it about the IEP? Um, so they're saying perhaps that the school said that they were supposed to be receiving a service, but they're not receiving it that way. So we have to even go a little deeper into showing them what is in the IEP. What does it say? How can you actually change that or start requesting an IEP meeting so those changes start happening? So we explain what the IEP implies in how they actually should be formally taking the steps to change that so it works better for the future to address all those conversations. So most parents don't realize that this is an IEP conversation. I think that is very often they're trying to figure this out with the teacher, which is fine, but it has to be an IEP conversation because it has to be a group decision and they are shocked knowing that they actually, as a parents, have the one of the biggest power. It's almost like a, a share with the LEA or the local educational agency representative, which is the person that uh, is provides the services for your child, right? That is qualified to to make decisions on it. So learning that they can have that face-to-face -face request with the IEP, but knowing what is, who is the boss and also like they can bring the, their, their input and how that's gonna be respected is the big, uh, big aha moment for these families. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So when you take a call from a family that is confused or they're unhappy with their um, what's happening for their child with disabilities at their child's school, um, I know that Wisconsin Facets and a lot of organizations support me, that support families, we don't have enough resources to send an advocate with that family to every IEP meeting. So you must have like a bigger goal when you talk to that family of what they will then be able to do, right? Correct. We, here at FACETS, actually, we believe on parent empowerment. We have been um, modifying our services in a way that families can do this on their own next time. And we model that. So when parents call, um, we ask a number of questions. We understand definitely, you know, acknowledge their feelings. Uh, and also with their help, we start technically like sorting out the issues, which can be the emotional, could be the IEP part, could be all other underlying issues. So we do our best to focus on what is the short term, the one that will make the difference, the, you know, make a difference in what the issue is about. So for example, that um, we acknowledge again, the problem kind of provides some of the options but we, based on what the family is telling us. So we want the families to make the decisions on those. And we explain also those options as well. Um, what is nice too is that because we are outsiders, we understand, you know, as parents, most of us here have a connection with a disability in one way or the other for the people who serve parents in, in, at facets. But uh, for most of the part is that because we're outsiders, we're able to see from a different angle. And we, a lot of times explain why the school might be taking certain decision or what is the position. So when we explain that actually to the parent that it could be, might not be about their child, about their program. So that's what it makes a difference too. We try to make it, you know, so it's not confrontive or that they don't, um, you know, they don't blame just the school, but it's like how the system works, how does the IEP work? We understand that and perhaps the issue is because something else needs to be addressed. Um, it's not that the teacher doesn't want to do that sometimes. Actually, I said the teachers actually struggle educating your child they gotta be maybe supports that the teacher needs that you as a parent may bring to the table to help her out. So that's sure. an example that something is being perceived like really bad and actually we're able to kind of see it from the other side too and trying to bring the options for the parents to resolve their disputes. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Do you, I'm guessing in all the years that you've supported families now, you must have some success stories. Are there some things, some stories you can share with us or a story about a parent who came to you really confused or intimidated who turned out to really be a success? Yes, there's so many, but there, uh, there's one that a few months ago that I have to work with, and it's a Latino family um, who has a child with very significant needs. I can't see the child on the phone, but by asking questions a little bit more on the time and listening what the parent had to say, then I discovered that the child was fragile. We here at Facets believe on parents' options. Even we might not be an agreeable 
with the parent or whatever, but whatever the parent wants to do, we will support them. We are just like showing them again, um, what are the options and to be, um, you know, to take the decisions the best they can. For this specific case, which most times parents want something to the IEP, this parent actually was calling to know what were her rights to terminate IEP services. She didn't want the child to be in school anymore. So that's information that I have to provide. I keep asking a little bit about it and I heard the story what she was experiencing, which had to be with the program and not being able to get anything out of it and hearing that the parent actually is so tiring of fighting the system that it's just, I want to give up. It's too much, I can't handle this. One or two more years. I can do this from home and it has been 14 years that I have been fighting for this child. So I totally understood that. It was almost like, you, you know what you want. So I explained the options and as we continue to talk, uh, discovering more about the needs of the child in that, that brought me to understand, wow, I mean, hold, hold on, there are more needs in here that not being addressed on the IP team with the pandemic. Um, you know, it was a new school, so they didn't have enough time to get to know the child before they stopped. So the long story short is that I discovered that the child was deaf blind and never had a deaf blind evaluation. So I could see even like, why the school couldn't provide much of a good services yet. So I brought up this to the parent and say, oh, did you hear about this system? And there's something, you know, about the disability is, is misleading the, the term, you know, deafblind, but I want, I'm wondering if you ever hear about it because it might be an option for a child, for you actually to receive training that you can actually help your child even more and also for the school districts to do that. So, Ended up being that it was a good referral. The school, I participated in the IEP meeting with her and the school actually loved and they acknowledged all the work that the parent has done with the child. The child actually was taking the call from the hospital, which happens a lot of times. The child is not even able to go to school and came up with a program. Uh, the mother didn't give up on the education, wow. actually, yes. And that's my wow. That's my story for today, that just by digging a little bit in, in, in asking that extra question, it's almost like you, you're hoping to find the hope in the way that even the school participated in that meeting and the special ed director, they, were, they really wanted to have that child with them. I just only participated in that meeting, but I was sure that the parent had a team, including somebody actually who referred her to facets from outside the school district to support it for the rest of the meetings. But I put that, I helped her. I did the extra effort to help into the structure that will allow her to continue for the next three years before the child eventually will, you know, graduate from school. That's amazing. And that can make a huge difference for a child that age to have those additional three years. So interesting that the mom really just needed that hope and confidence and information that allowed her to advocate. And then, like you said, the school was receptive, so it didn't have to be a battle. That's really a great story. So, you know, in 
if you had a magic wand, there's still so many problems to fix. If you had a magic wand that could make things better for Latino families who we've been talking about who have some of these additional obstacles, uh, what would be the first thing you would do? The first thing that comes to my mind that I will really would like to see is a formal but intensive leadership program for parents. Something that is designed for Latino parents, Spanish Latino parents, that we will be able to build more capacity. We need more leaders in many disability related arenas, including special education. So I am doing this because somebody fostered my desire to help more families, to make it better, to help my own child. I would love to have something that, you know, the funding or the structure in which we can um, take it in, in smaller steps because what we currently have for the rest of the population uh, might not be exactly, you know, uh, something that will be completely as accessible to the families. So yes, it's a leadership program that we can bring more parents on board and key uh, positions that we can serve more families or have a coalition just for uh, Latino families who have children with special needs. I, I totally endorse that idea. I think we need more Nelsinias in the world. That's just my personal opinion. So um, thank you, Nelsinia, for joining me today on the podcast. I'm wondering how can people get a hold of Wisconsin Facets if they need your support? Yes, well, we, the statewide or the toll-free number is 1-877-374-0511. We also have 414-374-4645. We are located in Milwaukee, but we take calls from all over the state all families with children with disabilities in special education, or even if they're not in special education, call us when you have questions about services in schools. That's what we do. Well, you also can um, reach our website, which is www.wifacets.org, wisconsinfacets.org. Okay, Nelsonia, I'll put all that in the show notes so people don't have to take notes really quickly so they can make sure they know how to contact you. I'm just so glad you joined us today and sharing your personal story and all your great work with families. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here today. All right. Well, thanks, Nelsonia. Thanks to our listeners for listening to this episode of the ARC Experience Podcast. Please be sure to share this episode and to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Today's episode of the ARC Experience was brought to you by the ARC Wisconsin, the state's oldest advocacy organization for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families. It's funded in part by the Wisconsin Board for People with Developmental Disabilities. Our theme music, called Species, is the property of EY5Z and cannot be copied or distributed without permission. It was produced by Eleanor Cheatham, a composer and artist with autism.